morning liberty. Oh, Monday is here. What a glorious day. It is. So far, it's a pretty good day. Good day for freedom. Do you have a... Are you suffering from a case of the Mondays no, today? No, I look forward to Mondays. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Why? why? Well, because we get to fight for liberty. That's true. You know, one thing I found since I started just doing something that I like every single day is that it's really, really cool to wake up and look forward to what you're going to be doing all day. Like it it makes you want to wake up and the day starts going by really fast. And sometimes you don't even want it to. You're like, gosh, dang it. It's already, it's already five o'clock time to get everything done. I wanted to get done. I wanted to do so many more things today. You know, what would help everyone out there have a better day is if they hit that subscribe button. It would talk about that would make, now why do we talk about the subscribe button? Well, First off, if it's you, limited time, it's, it's limited time. Only. You've only got the next minute to hit it. I yeah. mean that that's the most important thing, and so we put the scarcity on it already. So you got to hit that subscribe. But secondly, you know, if you like what we talk about on this show, and you really care about all the values and the principles that we talk about, subscribing to the show, leaving a rating and review, that's some of the the best things you can do if you want this message to reach more people. Yeah, so that's why we talk about it. Share the show with a friend. Yeah. Or eight. Eight friends. If you have eight friends. That's your task for this week is to yeah. share the show with eight friends. Are you still sick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is never ending, honestly. I uh you can still kinda hear it a little bit in my voice. I'm still coughing some stuff up and uh Yeah. It's the headaches. The headaches and the, the fatigue. I can't mm. get over that. Mm. I might have like mononucleosis uh um fibro myalgia. Uh, Tonus? Nemiac. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a specific, yes. like, that's the actual technical term. Yeah, okay. still waiting on blood results, but... Okay, uh, we think it's that, though. Yeah. Narrowed it down. Mm-hmm. I th- I think it might be tubular sclerosis, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah. That's just did my wild consult opinion. House on that? I did. I was watching House last night, and this guy, they thought he had it, and and uh, sounds a lot like what, he, what you have. Was so. Chase on this episode, or... Yeah, he was on there. Yeah, yeah. sure. He sure. was my favorite, but he only lasted a couple seasons. Chase? He was on the whole thing. The whole thing? The whole thing. God. Yeah. You got to rewatch your House episodes, man. I do. That's what I Jeez. need to do. I watch House every night. I don't... That show really stuck... I think it's because I relate so closely to House, and uh, just because of his super sarcastic attitude all the time. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I watch that show every I've been watching that show every night to go to bed, um, probably since about 2008. No wonder nine. you can't sleep. I know. I just stay up watching <laughs> House all the time. But uh, well, if you just hit that subscribe button, uh, you're subscribing to Good Morning Liberty, the place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And on today's uh, Monday episode, we've got some uh, domestic terrorism to talk about, don't we? <laughs> Do you think that Antifa are domestic terrorists? Yes. Okay. Yes. I put that on our Facebook page this weekend because I saw, I watched some of these videos and I was so mad. And I don't normally let like my emotional reaction to things immediately bleed over to me posting stuff on, on social media. But I was so angry watching these videos of Antifa that I just had to do the most I could, which was uh, complain about them on Facebook. Yeah. But if I really had, you know, if I had my choice, I'd probably fly out to Portland and, I don't know, I guess get beaten down by them probably is what would happen. Well, that's the thing is, is as this dialogue is prevented from happening and we turn towards violence, what what do you do in this situation? Well, let's first, before we get there, though, let's talk about, we talked about before the show, as libertarians, as liberty-minded people, what do we make of this whole situation? Well, you... CNN, by the way, is reporting there was no violence. <laughs> Good. So. Good for them. Um, you can definitely get all the best news from CNN. Yeah. For sure. Well, in the idea that they are protesting something that they believe to be wrong, being fascism or racism, white supremacy, any of those things... If you're just protesting, carrying around your signs, uh, you know, uh, holding any any kinds of events like that, you should totally be allowed to do that. Dressing but, in all black. Absolutely. Who just cares? All of those things. Completely fine. You have to be able to do that, actually, because that's how our country was formed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, you, no matter what, the protests have to be able to happen, but the... 
the problem that comes from this is that they're not just protests anymore. They're they're obstructing things. First, you, you remember those videos of them uh, trying to direct traffic, mm-hmm. uh, which is something they like to do there, uh, hitting people's cars with things if they tried to go through the roads they decided they were going to block off. Uh, they're obstructing roadways, sidewalks, they're just freely walking all over the interstate, going everywhere around there. And at the point that you turn to physical violence or you're taking rights away from other people because it's not your road, this is something with public roads and sidewalks, uh, it's not your road, it's everyone's road. So you don't have the right to take away the rights of others to travel on those. Your rights end where another's begin. Yes. You, and that's that's a pretty easy distinction. Yep. And they're removing rights from other people. Right. Is the, is the issue. And they, they do not have the right to do that. You cannot remove natural rights from other people. So... That's a basic ideology of libertarianism. The you, only, well, the only way you can do that is in self-defense. Yeah, yeah. If well, you, you are in immediate or proposed immediate danger. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely you like know, say you have, someone was spraying pepper pepper spray in your face. Yeah, you have the right to defend yourself. You can retaliate. Absolutely. Yeah. But these the things we've seen from Antifa. Um, now, I know some of these people have gone up to them, which we'll show here in a minute. Some people are definitely, they're out protesting and people are trying to go up to them and provoke violence. Uh, or they're going, in the case of one of these videos, the guy obviously went up to the Antifa protest carrying a shield. And and signed, like he, he planned on going up and confronting the protesters. Right. Uh, so it's not as if he was just walking down the street one day wearing a medieval knight's costume and carrying a shield and happened to run into these Antifa protesters. I that mean, was that's, the plan. That was the plan all along. But he has a right to do that too, right? He can do that. Yeah. And if he goes up to talk to them, and the shield is probably very useful in the fact that if he goes up to confront them, they're probably going to start attacking him. So he... he uh, you know, maybe a good idea to carry a shield with you for sure. The crazy thing for to me is all the irony. Oh yeah, about this like Antifa is supposed to stand for anti-fascists, and the crazy thing is, is they used fascist techniques to yeah. get their message across. It's like it's, if you don't agree with what we say, then we will resort to violence to make you comply. The problem they're only fighting fascism in the sense that fascism is say a, a race supremacy like the like Hitler fascism where it's a white race supremacy over others it's like they're fighting that but they're fighting that with communist uh, means instead which is just as deadly or more deadly than than fascism <clears throat> throughout history so well, the both both of them have to use force yeah, to get their ideology in place, and so there's. It's not obvious that uh, in the in a fight between a uh, extreme left communist and an extreme right fascist that it's good wh- whichever one of them win. It's not obvious that either one of those are better, you right. know. So they're but they're they're opposing. I think it's uh, more so about white supremacy, not so much the political ideology of fascism which is has nothing to do with your race really at all it's more our historical version of fascism which is hitler mm-hmm. but the actual I, I believe the actual definition of fascism i'm sure there's different ones but uh, among the uh, political uh, government means would be that the uh, there is private ownership of the industries but the government completely controls the private entities that run all of the industry. So that that's actually what fascism is. And I was I was going to say I ha- I have this down to mention later. We talk a lot about how the United States is already very socialist and has been socialist or democratic socialist for like 100 years already. We've actually been pretty close to the political economic definition of fascism also. Because we do have private means of production, but we are completely controlled by the government and all of those means. You you cannot start a business and not act uh, and you cannot start a business and act outside 
the bounds of the government at all. Two, two over 200,000 pages of regulations. Yeah, so in the definition that fascism is private ownership of industry and the government controls those private entities, we've already got a form of democratic fascism here in the United States. That's really controversial to say because of our historical view of fascism, which is Hitler and the Holocaust and all of those things. That was just one thing that played out in one country uh, or among a lot of countries at one point in time in history. But it, it doesn't mean that we're not fitting the political definition of fascism right now. Uh, a lot of this is probably stoked by the media's portrayal of Trump being a white supremacist already, or a white nationalist, which I, he definitely hasn't helped himself much on that, uh, other than disavowing it and saying that he wasn't okay with any of it. Right. But the his tweets are definitely um, incendiary as far as all of this goes. So that hasn't helped. But also fighting random uh, random people in the streets that have nothing to do with your cause at all uh, does nothing to fight fascism at, at all. If if you wanted to be anti-fascism, then you would be fighting the government. That's right. that's what who you would be fighting. They're fighting random people. That that does nothing. If they actually wanted to have the the cojones to do to actually do something then they would be actually fighting the police in the city. They would be fighting their government officials because that is what you would have to fight if you were anti-fascism. Right. But that's that's not what they're doing. They're doing the cowardly version, which is fighting innocent bystanders. Well, and that's what, if you look at Germany, that's who carried, I mean, the police and the soldiers carried out the the violence of the, fasc, the fascist state. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... And this is going on, by the way. I guess we would play one of these videos, but this is mostly going on in Portland, Oregon. I don't know what happened in Portland, Oregon, why they set up camp out there. Why that? I mean, I would not want to live there. I, I, it would be interesting to see the statistics, but I don't know what's going on with their property values or businesses leaving or coming to Portland. But this kind of chaos going on downtown all the time would have me looking to sell my place and get out of town as soon as possible. Right. Because I, I saw them running through, they're running through the parking lots where people have their cars parked while they're at work. They're blocking off roadways randomly in downtown. They're just plainly walking out into the interstate among traffic and stopping traffic. I mean, they're carrying they, pepper spray and pipes and hammers. Yeah. I mean, there's no way I would stay there if I yeah. live there right now, but like not only do they carry the, some of them have the, the hammer and sickle flag which is weird because hmm. they're anti-fascist, but they're, they support communism. Yeah. They're actually carrying hammers and sickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That <'Cause>, too. <laughs> like they took them off the flag and yeah. they're carrying the, the actual, actual physical yeah. objects. I guess they're practicing what they're preaching is yeah. actually carrying the hammer and sickle. You want to hear what they did? What This is when they were attacking that bus. Um, we There's some language in this clip. Yes. Full disclosure. Yeah. Explicit. Bad language, not just, you know, we, we've been using language this whole time, but there's explicit language now. And this is them attacking the side of a bus. Is this, I saw something, this was a Proud Boys bus, I believe. One of them actually throws a hammer yeah. at a guy. They're trying to bust out the windows. I mean, this is just blocks and blocks of people wearing their black hoods and their masks and, uh, masks and everything, and I don't understand. First off, I I hate the masks and the and the hoods and all that that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, it, if you're gonna go out there and do something, at least show your face, you know. And, and I think they're probably doing this because um, they could all be arrested for everything that they're doing, which is something we need to something we need to mention. But um, we also have this video of them attacking. You were mentioning there was a young there was a young girl, probably around 13. And this other, this other guy here, um, I've got a little clip of that happening too. 
throwing stuff at her. I guess one of the people they're throwing things at is a girl maybe four feet tall, probably 13 years old, in the middle of a downtown street in Portland. Hundreds, if not thousands of people chasing them down right now. I mean, I don't know if you ever heard a peaceful protest, but that sounds pretty peaceful, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus. That's a taser. Yeah. I just heard a taser. You got pepper sprayed, man? Yeah. Are you good, bro? I'm on. Are you okay? I'm hey, do we have any extra water? Okay, so seeing that, I mean, it doesn't get your heart rate going a little bit. Yeah. I just get so mad. I get so mad watching that. They continue chasing this guy and this and this young girl uh, all the way. It looks like they're on an interstate off ramp. Eventually, still just they don't stop following them. I don't know how long this goes on. Like this a giant, a giant mob versus two people. Yeah, yeah, and and so I will say just as a as a disclaimer for for them, I don't know if you're going to go confront a mob of violent protesters if taking this. A young girl with you is in your best interest. Is in anyone's best interest. Right. The actual question would be, why the heck was this young girl going up to confront protesters with this guy, whoever the guy was? Right. Uh, so I'm. That's not a good idea. Even at if, all. like if that was his daughter or something, I have we have no idea. But yeah, that's just not a good idea. I don't think she made that decision on her own. No. And the guy, the guy was wearing a vest that said. Um, it said, I think on the back of it, it said, I hate, it said, I hate racism and fascism, something like that on the back of it. Uh, so he was just basically going to say, hey, you're, you guys are protesting racism. Like, you can hate racism and hate fascism at the same right. time. That, that's the point there. So do you, do you see any way that these people are going to achieve their political goals by doing this? Uh, the only, uh, the only way they achieve anything, and I think the crazy thing is, is their goal is to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what they're, um, that's exactly what they're putting on display. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that make no bones about that, that we live in an unfair, tyrannical patriarchy. And the only solution is to burn it all to the ground and start over. Yeah. And I think they see that as something that they identify with and they're willing, clearly willing to resort to violence to achieve those ends. It isn't weird that the ends that they're achieving is uh, to place us under a communist rule instead of fascist. Right. Where I guess you would imagine under fascism, we would divide among race and there's hatred between but then in communists you just divide among class and then just the same or more amount of people end up dying right so it's it's not obvious that either one of those are better than the other that's that's what i was saying earlier they're not that whatever their goal is if we just switch to communism instead still just uh the end result would be a lot of people innocent people dying that didn't need to die well as you know, that's not real communism, Nate. Dem mm. Democratic socialism is where the people, yeah. the, the people actually control everything. Well, the wrong, it, what just happened was the wrong people were in control in the early 1900s, and they were, those were evil people. So we just have to make sure that we install socialist, socialism, communism, and that we just make sure we have the right people right. running everything, and then everything will be fine. Well, like Venezuela's fault is Chavez died. You know? Yeah, and now Maduro took over. That's exactly. what it is. It's not the power that he has. There's mm -hmm. no way. No, it's a, uh, it's it all has to do. You know, everyone. I was having a I was having a, a little comment battle with someone on a libertarian page this weekend, and I was basically saying that everyone, everyone wants their own personal benevolent dictator like that. That's what everyone wants. I think the left and the right. Probably, you know, not libertarians, not people who don't want government at all. Uh, not, you know, so not your anarchists, not your libertarians, but the left and the right. What we've seen with the right and some of their, uh, they've really let Trump get away with grabbing more executive powers that the executive branch shouldn't have. 
And at the end of the day, I think it just goes to show that we all want our dictator in charge, the one that's going to do what we want. And as long as someone that we like is going to stay in power all the time, then that's okay. I was actually listening to the radio on the way here today, the 99.7 WTN in Nashville. Um, I think their tag is pro-Trump news. And yeah, no, I was listening to, I was listening to them and they were talking about Lindsey Graham (laughs) and how he's helping stop this movement to expand the, uh, the Supreme court bench, because that's something that the, that Democrats are wanting to do right now, which is expand the Supreme court past nine justices. I didn't know that. Yeah. They're apparently a decent movement to do that right now. And basically what the radio show, what the host had as a solution was that we make sure that Republicans stay in power and that that was it. He's like, well, we're holding them back. You know, as long as we have a Republican controlled Senate, we'll be okay. Right. That's, that's not really the answer because we're still considering all these, these gun control legislation that that's going to take away second amendment rights. Uh, Something we'll probably talk about this week is uh, Trump is wanting to immediately renew the Patriot Act, Freedom Act, uh, make sure that we keep our NSA surveillance on anything that you're doing. And a ridiculous <laughs> amount of executive power. Yeah. Um, they, he's wanting to immediately renew that. Uh, so we're about to see a pretty big fight on that, I think. Uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how some of the uh, more libertarian congressmen and senators come down on that one this time. So even with people on the right in control, they still just want their own personal dictator. They just want the person who's going to enact the laws that they want. And as long as they're in control, they're okay with the government having all that power, you know? And that's the same thing with these Antifa people. They they hate fascism, I guess, but then they just want to install communism, which if they would do their history a little bit, read a little bit of history, it's been more dangerous. It's killed more people. So I, I don't know where, where they plan on going with this. But well, I think this stems from a deeper problem, which is lack of responsibility, because they want both sides, the right or the left, they want to place their responsibility on the government to do it for them. Yeah. And yeah. that's why they love their benevolent dictator, because if my guy does it, then I can have a better life. That's yeah. what they think. But really, your better life only comes from you. And that's it. You're the only one that can give yourself a better life. It doesn't matter. I love what Gary Vee said in one in one video he was doing with Damon John. Like, who cares who the president is? You know, like the market's the market. Whatever laws they pass, whatever, are you going to get up every single day and make it happen? Because that's up to you. And if you adapt the responsibility for that, then that gives you that control. And you don't have to rely on a benevolent dictator to wipe out your college debt or to... Um, get in a trade war with China or whatever. None of that would matter. Yeah. Speaking of college debt, I was, uh, uh, so I was going over my student loans last night. I've been, uh, you know, trying to get in on all my payments, make sure everything's up to date, everything's going well with all that. And I find myself probably around $16,000, $17,000 remaining in student loans right now. Mm-hmm. Um, payments that are being offered to me right now are around $700 a month to to pay all that off and i found myself again in the in a moment of weakness last night looking at those loan papers and just thinking oh, man i guess if a democrat gets in office i won't have to worry about paying for this like <laughs> i mean like I, I won't say i was i was hoping that that would happen but i was like man would it be nice if this just i don't have to worry about paying for this you know nice <clears throat> this disappeared yeah i mean yeah. i made a terrible decision when i was 18 years old to take out as much debt as I possibly could uh, to go to college for something that I didn't really want to do. Yeah. And- well, so this is a problem. I was seeing some, some, um, I read this article it was fascinating to me, like people that had had college debt and it was like, they took out $50,000 in student loans. They've been t- paying on it for 10 years and their remaining balance is like 52,000. Like yeah. It went up. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what, what? Well, what happened if you keep what what if you keep deferring them or you keep making some of these really small minimum payments while you're trying to get settled into a job the or interest keeps you're going unemployed up the, the interest keeps accruing and actually while you're on deferred payments 
the interest accrues at a higher interest rate during that time. So it's you you can end up once you get into a job where you're making better money, even though even if you've been paying a little bit for the last ten years, like I have, I've got roughly the same amount of college debt I had ten years ago. Yeah, and I've paid thousands and thousands of dollars towards them so far. That's my fault. That's no one else's fault. Right. At, at all. Uh, if anything, the only any more blame that would be placed would, uh, of course, be placed on the government, because I should not have, I should not have been able to take out those loans. It should not have been so easy for a kid like myself to sign a line saying that I was going to get a check for ten thousand dollars. Well, well, I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, because you were eighteen. Well, yeah, 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 you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. No, what I'm saying is the what in- I, where I would place the blame is the government making college tuition artificially high. Well, that would be that that's too. the problem. But what I'm saying is artificially keeping interest rates low leaves more money available that I shouldn't have been able to have access to in the right. first place. So I was saying, obviously, it's it's on me for making the decision to do that. But the like you you're right. The college should not have been so expensive. I shouldn't have had to take out so much money. But also, I should have been looking at like a 30% interest on those loans because I was taking out loans with no guarantee of ever making any money back, and there's a risk on that there's money. There's no collateral. There's the, nothing. Yeah, the risk was not properly assessed on those loans at, at all, and that's what the government does. They make money available that shouldn't be available. And now they're coming from the government. Yeah. But here's where the risk gets averted is – it's the only thing you can't declare bankruptcy on now. I know. Imagine that. That's crazy. You could, private companies can't do that. No, no. No, but the government can. Yeah. So you can go completely bankrupt, go homeless, and your student loan debt will never leave you. Still be there. They'll still be trying to collect it from and you. And somehow, I don't understand how like Warren's, Elizabeth Warren and people like blame private companies still. Yeah. How in the world can you even sleep at night? I, I mean, they know that they're wrong. They they know what they're doing, I, I believe. I mean, she probably does like a sleep fire dance before bedtime. That's probably how she... I'm going to assume so. That's probably how she sleeps. Yeah, I, I assume. She, does like a dance around some kind of yeah. drums, tribal thing going yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. That's how, she, that's how she sleeps at night. And I'm not being... Don't call me out here. I'm not being racist. I'm just no. trying... She has a heritage. Exactly. And I respect that. And I'm assuming that she follows through with her heritage. And, yes. And that's what she does. If she uses it on college applications... Of course. You know, to get a job of at course. Harvard, making yeah. $400,000 a year for paying for teaching one class. Yeah. Then I'm sure she practices her tradition. You would think that someone like her growing up on a reservation would know that the government shouldn't be taking care of all these things because I've seen some of these reservations and they're in terrible conditions. How long has she been a senator now? Oh man, I don't know. Probably she, way longer 20s, than we've been alive. Like 20 years, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Maybe not longer. Than we've been alive. I don't no. know. 20 something years, but, um, so yeah, responsibility, big issue there. And especially with the student loans, I shouldn't have taken out those loans in the first place. They shouldn't have been, inva- they shouldn't have been available and the college should not have cost so much. And there, so there's a lot of parties that are involved right there. But these Antifa people are these, you know, it's a communist movement is what it is. And they're basically arguing that the government should have complete ownership and control of everything while protesting fascism at the same time. And it, it's just <laughs> on a more practical level. Why aren't they getting arrested? That's what I want to know. And I'm sure some of them are. But why is this allowed to keep happening all the time? I think what? I read there were six people injured and like 12 or 13 arrests made. Yeah. there. But you see these crowds of people. They're blocking roadways, throwing things at, at buildings, at vehicles, hitting. Like the police should be right there arresting all of those people. I honestly don't think there's enough police. Probably not. That's that's mainly the problem but then if they get that there's the issue with your police once again we've talked about the supreme court ruled the police are under no obligation whatsoever to protect you they can at just all. stand there and watch the whole thing happen and which is what they do which is what they do yeah so we have people getting attacked with buildings that get set on fire windows getting broken cars getting hit by baseball bats and the cops can just stand there and watch like they have been doing and this is allowed to keep going and this mob knows that if they have enough people, the police are not going to try to do anything to them at all. Right. So it's that's pretty frustrating to me. 
um, it especially when they start taking rights away from other people, that's where the police are supposed to step in and take care of this, and they're not doing it. Like, if government has any job, no matter what you believe in, if, if government is a necessary evil, their one job is to protect your liberties. Yeah. And they they don't do that. They don't even do that. I know. So what, like, you know that song, like, War, what is it good <laughs> for? Yeah. I just want to be like, uh, you know, government. <laughs> what is it good for? I don't know. I'm not... I mean, I'm not like a an anarchist, you know? Yeah. Some people are saying this is like full anarchy. I, I, I don't really think they, you know, the, the Antifa doesn't want anarchy. No, they want, they want government control of they, everything. They want control. Yeah. And I'm not an anarchist, but I don't know. The older I get, the more I, I fail to see how government can be anything good. Yeah. It's not good. The more the more time you go, you just see that like it it doesn't work. And while this all sounds great uh, in theory, um, you can see here in Portland that the police are not doing anything. What should happen is the police should go try to arrest them. And if uh, the police are attacked whatsoever, then more police should show up. State police should show up. And if that doesn't work, then at that point in time, your job as the governor is to send in the National Guard at that point in time and make sure that these people are, are not able to remove rights from other citizens. Uh, but instead, they're just being allowed to freely roam around, tear things up, assault people all the time. And apparently, no one in the city really cares about it. Which they'll keep doing because there's no consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. So the it's it's uh, it's the <laughs> ideology. It's... It's this ideology of no responsibility playing out in an extreme form mm-hmm. right now, which is to go attack and assault everyone and to burn the place down. And people are like, oh, just look at the kids. They're just a bunch of kids <laughs> running around. Just being crazy. Just being crazy out there. Kids are kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we going to do? Speaking of kids, remember that thing we talked about with the high school that we used to go to? Yeah, yeah, I read something about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we both went to the same high school in Illinois, uh, moved to Nashville maybe around 10 years ago. Um, the high school that we went to, Viana High School, which is in the very, very southernmost tip of Illinois, like almost in Kentucky if you're looking at a map. Spelled it, like Vienna. Yeah, Vienna High School is how, if you want to look it up. Um, they are now instituting random drug tests for their students so uh, i haven't you know i haven't heard of a lot of people doing this i know i heard about this one just because of the fact that we went to that high school and there's news articles being posted about it so um it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion i feel like because you would think you know morally it's like i agree with this if i were a parent and my kid was going to the school like your kids shouldn't be on drugs. Yeah, like I wouldn't want my kids on drugs. Yeah. Um, if I were going to choose to send them even to a private school, I would be totally fine if if that private school did random drug screenings. That's that's okay with me as a parent. Um, but when it's a public school that you're forced to go to, it seemed like you should have the option to opt out of this, right? Yeah, it should be up to the parents. Yeah. So what they've done here is they're going to do random drug screening. They're assigning every student a number. And then what's going to happen is if you are any in any extracurricular activities, if you're doing any different kinds of clubs, any sports, any kind of activities like that, or if you drive uh, your car to school and park your vehicle on school property, any of those things, participation in those things is equal to consent in this. So you can, uh, you can technically be opted out of it if you're not driving the school and you're not in any extracurricular activities at all. Hmm. So there is kind of an opt out to it, but driving yourself to school is kind of a weird. Uh, I don't really think that that equals consent. What if you drive yourself to school and like park on the street? I'm not sure. I'm not. Maybe it'd be a good business idea to open up a parking lot across from the school. <laughs> yeah. For people to park in. Five dollar parking. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea right there. Let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, we're, we don't want kids to do drugs. No. Don't do or drugs. adults. They're bad, yeah. okay? They're not good for your life. No. Um, but I don't really, I guess on the libertarian side of this, 
a public school which you're forced to go to, you're not going there by choice, I do feel like it at the end of the day, there should be a form sent home to all the parents. And if those parents all consent to their kids it, getting drug tested, swabbing their mouths or collecting urine, if they whatever they're going to do to drug test the kids, um, I th- I do think that has to be consented on by the parents. Well, here's the other thing we have to talk about is you have a Fourth Amendment right to uh, not have unreasonable searches and seizures. There has to be probable cause of a crime being committed, and there has to be a warrant. And yeah. so none of that is taking place with these random drug screens. Well, I think when you're on – this is the problem when you're you're on public – property but you're, you're forced at the school. you're forced to be on public property yeah because yeah. if you if you keep your kids home from school then the government will take you to jail get your for that. truancy officers out there exactly yeah there's a thing that's uh, yeah it's called truancy that's yeah. right yeah so <clears throat> you're forced to be there or you would have to homeschool or something you have to get approval by the government yeah and that's the thing so if like if it was a if it was other public property that you weren't forced to go to that would make sense and it would make sense if the parents consented, right? Because it's a minor. And if you give permission for someone to randomly search and seize you, uh, then then that would be okay. Yeah. Just, just much like if you get pulled over as an adult and you give the officer free reign to search. Well, you gave him permission to do it. Yeah. But the you are you are protected to not have unreasonable searches and seizures. Uh, uh, seizures... Um, by the Fourth Amendment, and so I think this is—I don't know—I feel like it's just a violation. Yeah, it's just a pure violation. I'm not saying that kids should be allowed to do drugs, but what happened to the presumption of innocence? Well, what also obviously happened to your your rights as an as an individual, and can they come to you and force you to do this? I I don't think so. Without the consent of your parent and i'm actually okay with the extracurricular activities being a form of consent because you don't have to do those things you are freely opting in to doing those things and it's something that you can choose to not do so that's closer for consent in my book but the drive parking your car at school that's a really that's a really bad one in my in my opinion meaning that if you park your car at school, then you consent to this random drugs. Not that they're going to search your car. That's not what you're consenting to. You're consenting to they are going to physically drug test you if you parked your car at school. And so that's just kind of locking the kids in the box where they have to consent, basically. What if that's your only way to get to school? You know, um, it's just, I don't know. And then they'll make the next rule probably, well, if you ride the bus, then then you have to, then you're consenting to. Then so, they'll make a next, next rule that it'll no longer be random. Yeah. It'll be everyone. Everyone. But if you got rid of all of our annoying libertarian ideology conversation on this, is it, is it still, is it a good thing then to do this? Would you say? Oh, I think only with parents' consent. Yeah. The thing I brought up in one of the conversations with someone earlier was... I'm not completely positive that this is going to have the effect that they want. What they, the effect that they're looking for is that it will uh, dissuade students from doing drugs. And they've even said that, okay, if you're someone who's already doing drugs, it's probably not going to do a lot for those people, but it might, it might stop future people from thinking about trying drugs or doing drugs if they, if they see this as something that could happen. So I see that that is kind of their, that's their goal is doing that. I'm a little worried that the, you can't even hit that goal by doing this because I know how I was in high school. And the more rules got made about stuff, the cooler it was to find ways to break those rules right? all, all the time. Kids are rebellious. Yeah. You know, studies show, like we could look, we could take alcohol, for example, in cultures where alcohol is more widely uh, accepted, like let's say places like France and Italy, even in new Orleans, like the French culture down there where kids 
are introduced to alcohol, let's say at like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, where they have a glass of wine with dinner or something like that. Uh, studies have shown the data is in that uh, those kids are way less likely to be binge drinkers. Yeah. And yeah. which is the dangerous, it's a really dangerous form of, of uh, using the, the most dangerous drug in the world, which is alcohol. And so the, the more you tell kids not to do something, the more they want to do it. Yeah. And part of that's discovering for themselves, right? I mean, as you get older, you start to branch off from your parents, let's say, and you try to figure things out on your own that people can tell you, Hey man, don't do that. I've, I've done that before in my life and it's not a good thing. But a lot of times people have to learn the hard way. Yeah. I I think almost everything you're not really past it as something that you're just not going to do until you do it for yourself. Like you never really learn the lesson. And it's kind of this idea that kids that drink earlier in other countries around, you know, 13 or 14 years old, they're less likely to do crazy things with alcohol later in life or in their twenties. Um, I think it's better to let people discover that on their own and make their own decisions rather than it just being a set of rules that you're supposed to follow. Right. Um, I think that I said this earlier in the, in a conversation with someone, this is a terrible term for it, but we kind of have this preacher's daughter scenario. And I'm sorry for that crude terminology. But this idea that when you're kept throughout your young adult life, your you're teenage sheltered. life, you're sheltered, you're not allowed to do anything, you're not allowed to go out and do anything, make any bad decisions ever, that when you finally get out on your own, you just go crazy. You do everything mm-hmm. that there is, and you don't know what your limits are, you don't know what is really dangerous for you and what isn't. You don't really have any kind of limitations uh, on yourself when you're doing those things. So we, you kind of run into this scenario, and I know that's a terrible terminology for it, but I think we it's do that. It's a stereotype, but it I mean, is. the stereotype has some merit. I think that we do this with, with kids. A lot of kids that are overly sheltered throughout while they're growing up, they end up being some of the craziest ones and they're in their early 20s uh when they go out to college or you know move away for college any of that and, and i think it's because they haven't had the chance to do any of those things they don't know why any of those things are really bad there should always be a why their why is just that it's against the rules i can't do it like right. that's the that's the why the actual why is that you could destroy your life and it's a really bad thing but in this case we apply this artificial why on top of each other that says that says this is the rule don't do it and that's where we run into this like i said the uh preacher's daughter scenario where you are someone who might uh just kind of just kind of go go nuts whenever you finally have the chance to do it so i think that this might have this might not have all of the positive effects that they think it's going to have yeah um, I mean, since the beginning of time, humans have been breaking rules. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, some rules you have to break to discover things, right? I mean, if you think about the journey of your life, and every parent, almost every parent can attest to this, where your parents tried to keep you from things, but yet you still had to test it out yourself. And, I mean, you go back as far as Bible times. Like, God's chosen people, the Israelites, could not even keep the Ten Commandments. You know, and yeah. that's why a whole new, if you're a Christian, the, the whole new covenant was born with Jesus and is all about a relationship now because you can't follow a set of arbitrary rules. You just, it's not in your nature <clears throat> yeah. to do that, especially not even knowing the why, Yeah, you know, and those things are very important to figure out as you develop as a human, because you have to know where can I push the boundaries? What happens if I do this? You know, what if I do take this drug, what happens to me? You yeah. Know? And you'll never know until you actually do it. This all... I'm, not, I'm not advocating for kids <laughs> to do drugs. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you, in ways you make the problem worse because they're just going to figure out ways to do it. Uh, like they're just going to figure out other ways. Oh yeah. And They'll like find ways to cheat the system. You can't some keep kind of way. kids in a bubble. Mm-mm. Right? No, I, I don't think... 
I don't think it will really deter many people. I was thinking about when I was in high school, even a rule as simple as you had to put you had to put a parking sticker on your car. And for some reason, I decided that that was just a completely asinine rule. Just well, you had to walk down the office, made, yeah. get the sticker, clean your window. You got to put sure. it. And I was like, I'm not putting some sticker on my car look at this thing come on yeah it's all nice and shiny i don't want to put that stupid sticker on there and i found every way possible to break that rule i refused to put a sticker on my car i would park my car in completely random places around the school all the time just to say that i did not care one bit about what the parking rules there i would park it in the grass next to the door. i would park right outside the front doors of the school all kinds of stuff when when i was driving my car to school, something as simple as that, where there was this rule. And as a young teenager, you think it's cool to break rules. And And you tell your friends. Yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. Look what I was doing. And now you can post it on social media. You can share it on Snapchat with all your friends. We couldn't even do that when we were in school. So I had to physically go to each person in school and told them that I was doing that, you know? So it's so much easier now to look cool when you break these rules. And I'm worried they're going to make this new rule, and now it's just going to be this new peak to aspire towards for for young, you know, stupid students who think it's hilarious to break these rules. There's just this new one, and it's this is way worse. Or you'll have like a group of kids that you know they all have their numbers, and then they they make a game out of it. Yeah, like, let's yeah. see who can take drugs and not get caught. They'll they'll start some kind of a number swapping system of some kind whether they or they don't sign up for it properly there'll be all kinds of ways to break this but this also goes down the line and this i wanted to say this is no disrespect to the superintendent at the school whatsoever um no disrespect to the superintendent at the school at all so um i think that i think they're trying to do the right thing I understand what they're doing, um, but I don't think that this is going to have the effect that they want it to have. And we know the superintendent at the school that actually went to school with him yeah. in high school. He was one year above me, and he he's the superintendent now. To me, great idea. Like, if you're the administrator of a school... It's a great idea, and it's a great hope, and it's a it's a it's a great idea to try and combat the problem that we have, which is drug addiction at younger and younger ages, uh, especially opiate addiction, where that's something that you could get hooked on and then not be able to get off of it. So I understand all of this, but this is also going along the lines of removing responsibilities from parents and placing it on the school, which is something that we've done with all kinds of other things it come, I mean, obviously schooling your children, uh, you place that on the school and not on the parents, but parents still should have a responsibility in making sure that their kids are learning good things, that they're learning how to read and write, uh, that they're actually doing their schoolwork and behaving. And I think as more and more time goes on, we keep shifting this responsibility away from parents and onto the school, or as we could just say the government, because that is the school. And as more and more time goes on, it's not getting better the more we've taken responsibility away from parents. Right. Not getting better. So I think this is it's another version of that step to put responsibility, take it away from the parents so it's something the parents don't have to worry about. Like If you're a parent that's worried about this, then randomly subject your kid to drug tests. I mean, you can buy drug tests on Amazon. It's like 20 bucks yeah. for a for a urine test on Amazon. You know, it, your local Walgreens is If you're it, you know, be concerned about your child and make sure that your child knows that they could be randomly subjected to drug tests at your house because you have complete control over that because you're their parent and that should have the same effect, if not worse. Uh, or if not better, I guess in this case, that should have the same effect as what's going on in the school. Probably an even better effect because you'll probably drug test your child more than the school's going to end up drug testing your child. So um, I would just say, you know, stop stop putting this responsibility on on the government forever. We're doing it for everything now, you know, financially, morally, 
everything it's it on the rest, government. It should rest on you as the parent. So I don't know. I, so are you gonna? Would you? Would you like it if your son was going to a school that did this? Um, I think I would say the same thing about it, but I would. What am I going to do? Go to the board meeting and raise hell? Probably yeah. not. Well, I like would, I would sign a consent form. Well, like I said, uh, if I were a parent, I would, and there was a consent form, I would sign the consent form. Like right. that's okay. I'm just saying, from an outside perspective, there should be a consent form for for all of them. It should not be mandatory. Um, or if you don't participate in anything, then you can get out of it. It to me, it should be. Uh, some completely voluntary for everyone because you're forced to go to the school. So it should not be a mandatory drug test. Also that I just, as a parent, I would not be okay with that at all. But if there was a consent form, yeah, that's, that's okay. And then I would also do my job as a parent to try and make sure my kid wasn't doing that because I can't control all of the other children. That's a school at you, all. Yeah. You would talk to your kids and, you know, make sure they understood the impl- implications of what happens when you use drugs that are harmful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Take them around town and show them where people who do drugs live. Right. You know, probably close to where I've lived when I was growing up there. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. But anyway, um, I know you got a work call here in a minute, so we're probably going to yeah. head, we're probably going to bounce off of that. But uh, that was a little bit of a short show today. But yeah, it, Antifa, not good. We do not support at all. Uh, random drug tests at your high school. Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. Antifa are domestic terrorists. Put that put that on your list, yep. Southern Poverty Law Center. On your list of terrorist organizations or ideologies in the United States, Antifa should be one of them for sure. Uh, but anyway, you can follow us at Good Morning Liberty on Instagram, at Good AM Liberty on Twitter. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to goodmorningliberty.us if you want to read some articles pertaining to politics and economics. Go to bernielies.com, bernielies.com, if you want to see some articles that are specifically tailored to the uh, misstatements commonly made by Bernie Sanders on an hourly basis. And yeah, just do, do all of that. Do all of those things. And if you guys do that, we'll be back again tomorrow until then. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.